the Sports Talk with Devin Wade recap. Any given Sunday, anything can happen. What we think so far. Lakers, were they oversold? Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade briefcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. This is a briefcast. This is when I come to you guys solo without any of the special teams unit. And when I say the special teams unit, talking about Kevin Allen, the Silver Fox, a.k.a. the Silver Fox. Also, uh, Eddie Robinson, former uh, NFL linebacker, and my brother Biscuit, who uh, have all appeared many, many times on uh, full episodes. We are up to 81. We have coming your way next. Wanted to do that before the Super Bowl, but instead, I go solo. And when I go solo, I only talk about a couple of things. Uh, there's so much that I could get into this episode, a lot that I've gotten into, but I'm going to narrow it down primarily to two specific topics and uh, and then maybe a couple of tidbits, maybe, maybe not. Uh, we'll have to see how it goes, but again, want to thank you guys for tuning in and this episode talking about the Super Bowl. And I'm going to talk a little bit about LeBron James, which is a frequent topic, I guess, in the sports world period. But again, this week he gets, uh, I guess, well, we'll talk about him. But I always look at Super Bowl Sunday, if you've listened to me in the past, as sort of the other holiday in uh, the United States. You have, you know, uh, Christmas, Thanksgiving, Easter, uh, Memorial Day, Labor Day. Uh, what You have those primary ones, and then you have Super Bowl Sunday. I mean, it's a – and again, I've compared this. Think about all the things that happen on holidays, and you can say the same exact thing about the Super Bowl. More than even like uh, Veterans Day and, and, and uh, whatever uh, – uh, whatever memorial day even like well memorial day a little bit different that's sort of the start of summer but some of the other days think about what a holiday is a holiday is food family and friends that means going out of your way convening coming together for a shared experience and that's what the super bowl sunday usually is but i have to tell you man this is anticlimactic this is not a good year for the Super Bowl, and I think obviously it has a lot to do with New Orleans getting hosed in the NFC Championship game and the NFL's non-response, or, you know, I guess they finally said something this week. And I think in the next episode, I really, really want to delve into the state of the NFL press conference that Roger Goodell had where he talked about Colin Kaepernick and he talked about the NFC Championship games. And I just really thought, that his press conference and his statements really say a lot about who's running this league and what this league is really about. And if they aren't careful, this thing is going to be, it's going to, I'm telling you, people think that the apocalypse is never coming for the NFL. Well, I have lived long enough to remember when the heavyweight champion of the world was the most popular athlete in all of the world. Now, part of that was because it was Muhammad Ali, but the other part of that is, if you were the heavyweight champion of the world, you were the baddest man in the land. And we've seen boxing just die a slow death. It's over for boxing. Now, again, I am a boxing head, so I watch a lot of boxing. It's not over for me. But for the masses, I think the death knell for boxing was Pacquiao, Mayweather, and the lack of uh, – and really sort of getting suckered by Floyd Mayweather – and fighting an over-the-hill Manny Pacquiao. And you can say, well, he just beat uh, Adrian Broner, but Broner is 
is subpar. I won't call him trash. That's not nice. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to call that young man trash. But I would say. He's a below-average boxer with a big, big mouth and a lot of flash. He's easy to hate, and that'll keep him in the game a little bit longer because, again, people want to see him get whooped. But anyway, I I digress because I'm going off on the boxing tangent. But I, I bring up boxing because boxing is all but dead now. And if the NFL is not careful, they will be dead too. And I think we'll go more into that in further episodes. But I just really think that if the folks get a – if the fans, if the, the followers of football, some of them, I think you'll still have your hardcore – just like you have hardcore boxing fans, you'll always have football fans. But if people get a whiff of the fact that – and I think people know that, but when you start to feel that – uh, that they care more about money than being stewards for the game. I think that gets to be an issue and it's getting close to that. And I think one thing you could say, people could say, well, the NFL has prospered in ways that they never have under Roger Goodell. Yeah, but all the other commissioners, that, at least that I know of, were stewards of the game. They were fans of the game. And I've said this before, not only did Roger Goodell look like he never played football, he looked like he never watched football before he became commissioner. And I just think he's a, a really a, a easy whipping boy for a lot of reasons. And I think him making $40 million a year to be that is, uh, that's what he gets paid for. So he can take the heat off of these owners. But I'm telling you, if they don't become better stewards of the game, and show some care and concern about the game itself. Not not the game as a product, but the game. This is what we love. And and I think that we saw a little bit of that in that press conference, but we'll talk about more we'll talk about that a little bit more in uh episode 81 and we'll talk about of course uh, what he said about Colin Kaepernick and I had a long discussion with my man Haywood Jeffries uh, about that uh today. But g- getting down to the game. The game is anticlimactic because because in my opinion, well, first, first and foremost, people have New England fatigue. And I don't care what Tom Brady says, uh, we're still here. Uh, the people are tired of seeing the Patriots, not because I think for a lot of people, let's 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 get real about it. People say, well, you know, you should worry about the team. I guess, you know, Joe Sixpack in the Midwest just wants you to score a touchdown and set the ball down. I remember that. Three yards in a cloud of dust. If you get a touchdown, act like you've been there before. And that's cool. And that's fine. Whatever, whatever. But I think people love stars. And Brady is a star. Gronkowski, to a lesser extent, is a star. But go to a Super Bowl party tomorrow. And ask people, how how many New England Patriots can you name other than Coach Bill Belichick, also Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, maybe most people can name Julian uh, Edelman. But outside of that, name somebody. Name somebody on the team. And I think they don't have the star value. And I think you have to have stars and personalities. And we've seen the erosion of this because the league has tried to, over the last couple of decades, tried to quiet down, tried to really take the emphasis off of the individual stars. And I think they pick hand to uh, hand pick who they uh, want to be uh, the faces of the NFL. But by and large, they like the name on the front of the Jersey. They don't care about the name on the back of the Jersey. They don't care because they know they'll have to pay these guys and they become more valuable and they want to sell you on the concept of team. But if you look at the NBA and I'll say that the NBA has grown the most over the last 25 years 
And it's done a better job of expanding, even than the NFL, although the NFL, by and large, is the, the number one game in America. I just think that the stars of basketball have helped that league where you start to get these guys in the NFL. Nobody has much personality. Nobody has much personality. You, We have trained these guys, the media has, to sort of have canned answers. And really, think about this. Nothing interesting at all has come out this week pertaining to the New England Patriots. And we, this team has been to the Super Bowl nine times, and there's nothing interesting about them. Now, that doesn't take away from their talent and their dedication to winning, and that shouldn't be a punitive thing when it comes to what happens on the field. But it doesn't sell the product. And I think that there's not a lot of buzz about it. And I think people, especially in this region, we have a lot of New Orleans folks, a lot of Louisiana folks in the city of Houston. They are not feeling this Super Bowl at all. And, I mean, I don't mean that, oh, we love to hate kind of thing. Well, we're going to watch so we can root against the Rams. No, they have no interest in watching. And I could not sympathize with them more. I get it, and I understand and you're never going to get this year back. Look, I live with the scars, the emotional scars of Five Slammer Jam in 1983 losing to Jim Valvano. And I still see that video. And if you get me at the right moment and it's quiet, you'll, you'll see a tear run down my eye. I have not gotten over that. I've not gotten over the Mike Renfro call and not getting past the Steel Curtain and the Pittsburgh Steelers in 78 and 79. Now, I've not gotten over those things. These are scars that I wear. I have not gotten over uh, the Buffalo Bills coming back from a uh, 35 to 3 deficit to beat my beloved Houston Oilers. These are the scars that I carry as a, a, a sports fan who loves his city and loves his team. Although that's sort of as I've grown up and gotten in the business, uh, I don't. It's, I don't look at it the same, quite the same, but I can always look back with a nostalgic sort of uh, a reference for the Oilers and the, the Rockets with Moses Malone, the Kim Olajuwon, and of course, Faisal Jamal, which, I mean, hey, I love those teams like you wouldn't believe. So I say that to say you don't get over those things in the city of New Orleans, especially if this was Drew Brees' last legitimate run at a Super Bowl. I don't know if the, the city of New Orleans will ever forgive uh, Roger Goodell in the NFL. I mean, much like the Raiders had such a poor relationship uh, with the league for many, many years, I think that probably still continues. Um, the, the tuck rule is an example. Really, that started this entire run for the New England Patriots when they never should have went in the first place. I think a lot of people thought, okay, yeah, they, they're going to jam up the Raiders any way that they can because of all the issues between Al Davis and the, and the league. So I think the people of New Orleans look at Bounty Gate and the suspension of Sean Payton for a year, and they felt like oh, that set the franchise back. And they look at a couple of other things that happened with the New Orleans Saints, and they definitely look at this no call, this blown call, and they are going to be bitter about it. And there's not much that uh, uh, the league is going to do about it. So I think that dampens what ha what's happening uh, with this Super Bowl. So uh, that being said, when you look at Los Angeles, I think it's a new team, although they're returning home per se. But, you know, I, I said this on Twitter. You look at their fans and this this full excitement that they have. They haven't paid their dues. They, they've not paid their dues to appreciate where they are as a sports franchise. You came in, you spent a lot of money, and you you know, you know really have gone after the Super Bowl 
because you have a brand new stadium coming, you brand new team, you're trying to get the city excited about them. You didn't do that when you were in St. Louis. But, you know, the fans of Los Angeles, they don't deserve this. And, and I think, I guess, Los Angeles is the common theme of, uh, I guess, this briefcast because I'll get more into the Lakers when I talk about that on the other side. But I'll say this. The Rams, I, I like the Rams. I really do. I like uh, Indomitian Sue. I like uh, Aaron Donald. I like uh, Robert Woods. I like uh, Todd Gurley. I mean, they're guys that I really like on this team. I even like the the feel-good story that is Dante Fowler, who got out of Jacksonville while the, the ship was sinking. But that is not a team that has a fervent fan base. And so when they have these rallies, it's, you know, it's like almost like a, a hipster kind of thing. It's a trendy kind of thing. They've not paid their dues like other cities. Man, can you imagine Kansas City and New Orleans in a Super Bowl? New Orleans, yes, they won their Super Bowl. But th- that team means so much to that community. L.A. doesn't care. If they cared that much, the Texans would have not beaten them out to get a – the Houston would have not beat out L.A. to get a franchise. L.A. couldn't get out of their own way because the they weren't fervent about getting an NFL team the way Houston was, and that's why Houston has the Texans. Good for us. I'm glad for us that we got the Texans. But it speaks to, look, L.A. is so much to do, great weather, multiple teams. They have other things that they can get into. They don't need the NFL. Other cities need the NFL. Other cities appreciate it. So when you see the Rams go to Super Bowl, it's like, yeah, it's like the pretty girl winning a a makeover. Well, you are, you're already a, a beautiful girl. And now you get the makeover. No, you need Sally Sue in the corner. Uh, you know, sort of bland Jan uh, to get a makeover, not the prettiest girl in school. So that's what it feels like when you talk about L.A. Now, that's no reason to hate on them. But again, they are the beneficiary of a bad call and that is going to taint them. I think the other component is, and this is for me as a, a avid football fan, I don't really give them a chance to win this game. I think Sean McVay is as bright and as exciting a new coach as uh, as there is in the NFL. But he's going up against the GOAT. And it, it took me a lot of years to say that, but I finally come to the conclusion, maybe I'm slow to the party, maybe I had to get past my my hate glasses, had to look over my, my, my hate spectacles uh, so I could uh, really acknowledge the fact this guy is a genius. They don't, hey, like Bruce Lee says, they become the water. They're, they're the water. So whatever form water needs to take, it takes. And that's what New England does. They don't have a style. If they need to run one game, they will run. If they need to open it up a little bit, they can open it up, at least in, in January and February. I don't think the Rams have much of a chance. I think that New England is going to run the ball successfully against this run defense for all that Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue do for that team and Brockers and, and Fowler. I think you can, I mean, the stats prove out that you can run against this team generally. Now, I know that they shut down the Cowboys a few weeks ago, but uh, by and large, they were not a great run defense throughout the season. And I think that the New England Patriots will exploit that. I have said this before. I don't, although I love Robert Woods, he's benefited me greatly in fantasy football. He's not a number one guy. Brandon Cooks is not a number one guy. And I think hey, we've seen since Cooper Cup has gone out, this offense has not looked the same. And we'll have to see. I think they'll take Robert Woods out of the game. If Brandon Cooks comes up with a couple of plays, so be it. 
Uh, but I think New England will be able to take away the run, especially if Gurley is not healthy. Gurley says, hey, I'm 100%. I'm not so sure about that. That's That remains to be seen, and really that's essentially the biggest X factor. So when you think about this game, and I think probably by 5 o'clock tomorrow I'll be revved up enough that I'll I'll give them a, a puncher's chance to win the Super Bowl. I just don't think – I think this is a, a time where – uh, Belichick will outcoach McVay. I, I, he hears the noise, and maybe he's motivated by that. Maybe he's not. Maybe he just does what he does. But I think that there are enough holes to exploit on this Rams team where the Patriots can win this game. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a blowout. But uh, give me your take on that. And after I post the podcast, uh, give me your prediction on Facebook at the uh, Sports Talk with Devin Wade page or group. Also, you can tweet me at Wade's Word, W-A-D-E-S-W-O-R-D, and give me your take on the Super Bowl. I'm going to say the – I will take the New England Patriots 31-10, to 10, and I will make the MVP Sony Michelle. Although, if Tom Brady completes three passes – uh, I think that <laughs> they'll try to find a way. They'll bend and contort and squirm to find a way to give Tom Brady the MVP. Uh, we'll see how that goes, but I don't anticipate much of a game. Not really looking at uh, forward to halftime, although, you know, I have to show love to Travis Scott. He uh, comes from just down the road from where I am right now in Missouri City, Texas. So he is uh, he reps Houston well and, and with Astroworld and everything else. I know there's a lot of controversy about that. I have to really kind of think about that entire thing, and I, it just makes my brain hurt right now. I'm sure I'm certainly not going to drag Gladys Knight. Gladys Knight has been in the game long enough. Whatever she decides to do, you get a pass. So I will never say anything about Gladys Knight. You want to sing the national anthem? If you want to do halftime too, hey, they need a little bit of that. But our big boy from Outcast, let's see what he has up his sleeve. And like I said, he's the kind of cat, he doesn't have anything to lose. He may come out draped in a number seven jersey and number seven socks. He's the X factor in this whole thing. Uh, Maroon 5 is catching a lot of flack for performing at halftime. And uh, both Travis Scott and Maroon 5 have pledged $500,000. And I think the NFL is – I know they matched Travis Scott. I would imagine that they matched Maroon 5 and their contribution to social causes. Now, that is a uh, blanket statement. I don't know – you know, that's sort of a wide net to cast. I don't know specifically who they will be giving to. Uh, Maybe uh, some – uh, some wonkish people can keep an eye on that and see where, the, where those monies go and if they do truly make an impact. Going to take a, uh, a brief time out and come back on the other side uh, with my thoughts on Anthony Davis and the executive of the year, LeBron James. This is a Sports Talk with Devin Wade briefcast on iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, and KTSURadio.com. All aboard your non-stop getaway to the weekend. It's the Friday Express with yours truly, Devin Wade, each and every Friday from 7 p.m. until 10, where we feature a little bit of this. A little bit of this. And a whole lot of this. 
end your work week and start your weekend with your non-stop getaway to the weekend. The Friday Express with Devin Wade, exclusively on KTSU 90.9, your community station. Welcome back to Sports Talk with Devin Wade briefcast, a Sports Talk with Devin Wade briefcast. And uh, I talked to Biscuit today, my, my brother, part of the special teams unit. And I know that Eddie's probably somewhere biking or doing something very uh, European. And I don't mean that's not a, a, a sort of a synonym for something white. I mean something European, something that a, a Belgium guy would do, a guy from from Germany would do. You know, he talks a lot about this in our podcast about uh, what Formula One and and all of the, I guess, cycling events that they have in Europe now. So, yeah. So he's busy. Biscuit is doing a brisket. I, I guess uh, that's his second brisket. And he's doing things with that brisket that, that Debo Wade, our father, did not teach him. And I bet you my grandfather's rolling over in his grave when he looks at what my brother is trying to do to a brisket. But we'll see how it comes out. He says, well, hey, you haven't tasted my brisket yet to know if it competes with, with our fathers. I'm like, well, ah, technique is has a lot to do with it. And I know that Debo would not be happy uh, with what he's doing to that brisket. But uh, we'll have to see how that comes out. And I may mention that on the next episode of the podcast as well. But the other thing I want to get into is the NBA and Anthony Davis, his agent, Rich Paul, who is – uh, besties and, and one of LeBron's boys from the very beginning. And I applaud what LeBron has done by bringing his boys with him. Love that man. Gold star, you know, Hey, Capri Suns for everybody. Good, good look LeBron for that. But Rich Paul represents not only of course, LeBron, but Anthony Davis. Now Anthony Davis is wanting a trade and he only wants to go to, to the Los Angeles Lakers and I wonder where that came from. What kind of cult is LeBron running that these cats want to pass up? Okay, so Anthony Davis in New Orleans can get a Supermax deal at like $230 million. And I think the max that he can that Anthony Davis can get if he signs with LA is $180 million. So that's a lot of money to leave on the table. That's a whole lot of money to leave on the table. And I tell you what, who can who can talk somebody out of $50 million. Who can do that? I mean, <laughs> I mean, and, and for what? And here's the other thing. They would mention this, and I agree with him. So when they these guys go run to play with LeBron, guess who gets all the credit? LeBron does. So clearly we can see that LeBron is pulling the strings to this thing. And he can say, well, no, hey, man, that's that man. But I remember when Anthony Davis was really trying to make it work in New Orleans. And this is killing, this is hurting the league. Think about this. Everywhere LeBron goes, he leaves the organization in shambles or, or he ruins another organization. So he leaves Cleveland, ruins Cleveland, comes back to Cleveland, ruins Miami. <laughs> now, again, he can go where he wants to go and do what he wants to do. But what he's done is uh, if Anthony Davis actually leaves and gets to go to L.A., he will have ruined the New Orleans Pelicans. <laughs> that team, that is not the kind of market that will be able to attract big-name free agents. And Eddie and I talked about this in a previous podcast. It just ruins the league. And, the, okay, well, you could talk a lot about the super team, but, again, Golden State did it organically or more organically until Kevin Durant. But I, I just think it's a bad idea for LeBron. He's posturing for Kyrie Irving. So I don't, I don't like, what are you doing? I just have to believe and I hope and I'm having faith 
real deep faith that the public will wake up one day and realize this guy is not good for the NBA. It's not. And you can say, well, it's fun to have the players have control of their lives and, or whatever. Okay, but ultimately none of us truly care about the individuals. We care about the teams and we care about the products. Yeah, we like the players. And, and I'm being realistic about this. How many guys played 15 years ago that you care about, that you really deeply have a connection with where are they in their life? And, and do you hit them up on Twitter? And are you checking on them? How, do they have insurance for their family? And how's that, how's that ankle doing? And, and you know, you getting along with your wife. We don't, let's keep it real. We care about the product. And, and I think that if you look at it, he has not really been good for the NBA. He's ruined the careers of uh, well, not well. Yeah, you can say he, he's really hurt the career of like a, a Kevin Love, and and really he kind of uh, muted Kyrie Irving, and, and that's why he left. And now Kyrie, I guess he got out there, and he, he you know, I guess those shoes are too big to feel in Boston. He's not he's not feeling good about himself. He's not feeling good about his situation so much so that he's cussing when asked a question that he answered in October. He said, yeah. Hey, he, if you guys will have me, I'd love to sign. So what did he say this week? I don't know. I don't owe ish to anybody. Okay, so they have you that much in your feelings in Boston that you, you're ready to pack up and leave after a couple of months? You know, I mean, obviously, after the trade, you were there, and then you got hurt, whatever, whatever. But I'm saying, you said this in October. It's February. And you're saying, you cussing already? Ask me July 1st. <laughs> what? Well, so, so, again, and now you have LeBron kind of nibbling. There's blood in the water there. So if he can stack these Lakers with these guys, with Anthony Davis and Kyrie Irving, I, I, man, it's, it will be ridiculous. And so, again, while I appreciate LeBron on and off the court, what he does, but him being the executive of the year, him pulling these moves and manipulating the league the way he is so he can stack his team, I hope history frowns on that when you compare him to the, the Michael Jordans of the world or the Larry Birds or the Isaiah Thomases or, or the Magic Johnsons, uh, or, you know, are so many guys. I hope, I really hope that history looks at this guy and says, well, no, this was the guy. And, and although, look, genius move. And a lot of people feel like, hey, just win. It doesn't matter. Just win. No matter what you do, just win. No, no. You have to win like a man sometimes. And that means, look. And that's why I'm so frustrated with Anthony Davis. Look, man, you you don't have any help. What you to do? Let keep doing what you do, and working with the organization so they can put guys around you, uh, attract a free agent if you want to. And, and I don't mean like assemble a team like LeBron is doing, but again, let you lead the team. Keep doing what you do. And I know he's done all that he can do, but this, you know they've had a lot of injuries in New Orleans. Uh, but it's a foregone conclusion. But if it's me, I would trade him to Orlando. So you'll suffer or Brooklyn or what, whatever the worst destination is uh, in in the NBA. So you can just wait that out for a year and a half. And I guarantee you, if you suffer one or two more injuries, LeBron may not want you when you're a free agent anyway. So, I, you know, it's not a good deal. It's not a good look. Not really happy about this. I know Kevin Allen probably feels the same 
although we haven't talked about this explicitly. I'm looking forward to his take on this, but LeBron is doing way too much. And you can say, well, he's not, it's not him, it's Rich Paul. Okay, well, you you think that there's not a, a whole lot of conversations taking place, but I want to know what kind of game you have. You could talk a guy to leave him $230 million for less of money. And I, maybe you could say, well, he'll, he'll get a movie deal out of it or something. I don't know what he's telling these guys, but you don't leave that kind of money on on the table. Look, you're young and life is long. Make all the money you can make within reason. I mean, I'm not saying just pick a horrible situation to maximize your dollars like Carmelo, but I do think you cannot walk away from all of that money for for what? To, to make LeBron shine? They're not going to say Anthony Davis. You know, I mean, they're not going to talk about, they'll do you like they did Kevin Love. Kevin Love became the whipping boy for everybody. So, uh, you'll be you'll be that. So uh, we'll have to see how that plays out. I have a lot more to say about that. But a couple other things I want to mention. One of the things, uh, Tiffany Smith, the wife of former Houston Texans general manager uh, Rick Smith, passed away. And I have to say that I really was not, uh, I was not kind, I wasn't mean, but I just was not, I didn't really take into consideration how sick, she was at the time. I thought this was more of a move where, and I, I don't really recall. I don't recall reports being that she was really, really that sick. Uh, I thought it was something that she would be able to deal with as I recall. And I may be wrong about that, but I really discounted the fact that he really stepped aside to take care of his wife, uh, which is tremendously commended, uh, commendable. I thought that obviously the Texans and he and uh, Bill O'Brien, had a power struggle going on, and it looked like he lost that. And I was very critical of the job. And I took some calls this morning. A lot of people giving me a hard time. A lot of revisionist history when it comes to Rick Smith. And well, it wasn't him; it was the owner. And I, people saying, "Well, no, I did, we didn't want him fired." Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, yes, we did. By and large, everybody thought he had to go. Uh, but again, this entire time, the Texans have been paying him, uh, and so I really feel bad that I did not really take into account how ill his wife was, but she passed away. So my thoughts and my prayers really are uh, with Rick Smith. And it was a really commendable thing to do uh, to be there for his wife, uh, a really young lady, young couple. So I think, you know, that was a, a big, big deal. And, uh, and of course, uh, if you know me and listen to me on Houston radio or on other podcasts, lost both my parents to cancer. So uh, I, man, I tell you, it's a, a hell of a thing. And uh, so I'm thinking about Rick Smith. Uh, the other thing, well, we can get into Jason Garrett not being renewed. We'll probably get into that. And uh, we'll have a way for you guys to get in touch with us. Want to remind you guys, I'm on Twitter at Wade's Word. And please subscribe. Subscribe on iTunes or TuneIn or SoundCloud and like. Go to KTSU Radio and check us out sometimes as well. Uh, sort of, there are multiple platforms for you to check us out. And I really appreciate the love you guys have sent me and uh, all of the support, man. Uh, look, and I want to come to you guys. Maybe I can start to come to you with these briefcasts every day or every other day. But I'm going to need several hundred people to check this out. Now, on the full episodes, we do great. 
Uh, but I need to I need to see if folks are really going to get into uh, the briefcast. And if you are, please, uh, you know, hey, tell a friend, share it. I don't care what part of the country you're in. If you want to ask me about your team, guess what? With a few clicks, I can become an expert on that area. Now, actually, I, I do pretty good nationally as far as keeping up with what goes on. Uh, but, yeah, if it's something, a team or a situation you want us to talk about, we certainly will. If you want a uh, a particular sport where you want more conversation about, tell us. If there are guests that you'd like for us to get on, uh, you can certainly do so as well. I have two great young producers, and uh, I'm putting those guys to work, and they have some good things coming up, some good guests we're going to run down for the uh, for the podcast as well. So a lot of good things are, are going on. I want you guys to really enjoy your Super Bowl Sunday. And it's a great time to go to a party, a Super Bowl party, where you don't have to pay that much attention to the game because I don't think it'll be much of a game. But we'll see. We'll see. I could be wrong. Hopefully I'm wrong. And hopefully it's a great game. But have a great holiday, Super Bowl Sunday. Hit me with your predictions on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group. Hey, want to thank you guys so much for all of the support. And as always, have a great day.